0: Welcome to Coaching the Brave Podcast with Yovana Chase. I am Yovana Chase and I am here to provide you positivity and possibility because hope and community is something that we all strive for and we all really need. So enjoy and sit back. I am so thankful that you are here another week because what we're going to be discussing here is just so many fun people who are not only part of the military community, but who are also part of the civilian community and who have things to offer for the military. And it's not only about interviews and chatting together, but it's also about experiences of coaching and meditations and just fun little quirky things that come to mind that I just wanna share with you. And I hope that they bring you a light at the end of the day to take with you toward to the rest of the week and i hope you really enjoy without further ado let's get into it hello coaching the brave community today we're going to be talking with a 18 year career coast guardman he has been stationed in northern michigan puerto rico California, Southeast Texas, and now Charleston, South Carolina. He is an E7 and his entire career has been search and rescue, port security, and migrant and drug addiction. I hope you really enjoy because not only is he active duty, but he's also a podcaster. So you know what people, you can dabble in so many things and still get stuff done. And I'm very inspired by Alessandro De Mayo. And I hope you are too. If you do enjoy this, please share with someone who feels that they would benefit from this episode. Enjoy. How are you doing today, Alessandro?
1: I'm good. How about yourself?
0: Doing well. Super hype. I'm excited. Me too. (laughs) (laughs) I usually um, have so far interviewed Army and some Reserve and National Guard for the Army, but not yet Coast Guard. So yay! Congratulations, you're first. There
1: you go. (laughs) Well, I'm glad that that I'm here with you.
0: Yes, thank you. I appreciate your time. What helped you join the Coast Guard?
1: So what helped me join the Coast Guard? Well, to be honest, uh, when I joined the Coast Guard, it wasn't in the plans. I joined the Coast Guard because I needed I need a a more stable life uh, to provide for the family and Mm -hmm. the fast food wasn't cutting it so i used to i used to go to college in Aguadilla, puerto rico and i used to drive by the air station down there and i found out they had a recruiting office one day i just walked in and pretty much talked to the recruiter took the test about a month later and signed the delay entry program and you know September, October of, 20, of 2004 and went to basic training in March of '05. I wasn't going to do a career, but um, here I am.
0: Yeah. <laughs> what was the catalyst that drove you to walking into that recruiter's office?
1: To be honest, it was my dad. My dad, so my uncle used to be, he retired 23 years in the army. And one of his last assignments before retiring, it was before the one that he had in Maryland. It was a recruiter in in florida you know i kind of wanted to probably try the army and stuff like that and my dad pretty much stopped me from doing that nothing against the army but we've been we've been in the water our entire life and i really didn't want the navy and back then i didn't know much about the coast guard other than you know they did safety inspection on our on our boats because we have both i thought they, they never went to war or anything like that well i was wrong on that but um, that was that was pretty much the selling point for me from my dad. It's like, oh, you guys don't go to war. You guys part of the military. So I join, and then I find out we actually are. <laughs> we go to wars, but <laughs> you know they don't. It, that that doesn't scare me away from it. It's just we're we're smaller, so very few. So I'm glad that I made that decision. Actually, so it's been great.
0: So happy to hear that. Amazing that you were able to just dabble into possibly the army, and then you waited out pros and cons and you said "Nah, let's go with this one we weighed that pros and cons out too and then it ended up being beneficial for you
1: yeah it, it's, it hasn't been easy you know right. I'll, I'll be lying if it was easy it's been there's been a lot more lows and highs but you know it's just like any other job i tell people
0: and how would you explain that to other service members that are coast guards too the highs and the lows
1: but right now you know i've been in 18 years and i'm one of one of the so pretty much it's I, I'm one of the senior enlisted um, members in the Coast Guard. You know, being an E7 now, and the way the way to explain it is like when when I get these new recruits or, not, or new members after boot camp, I tell them it's like, hey, just treat it like just treat the, like like any other job. This is just like any other job. Then don't think because it's military or law enforcement or something because we we do both things. We do law enforcement and, and military operations. I tell us, but this is just like any other job. only that you got to follow some military bearing. And that's about it. in our rank structures, you know, just treat me like your normal supervisor at at any other job. And you can't call me by my first name, but that's about it. But the selling point right now for any military branch is, you know, we, we have a lot of benefits, not so much on the pension side anymore because they took that away, you know, with, with the Blender Retirement System. So it's yes. kind of hard. It's really hard right now to sell it to the new guys that, you know, we they don't make enough mm-hmm for when they're fir- when they're first joined but the way that i sell it, it's like hey medical medical benefits we have one of the best medical benefits out there mm-hmm. and and you're not like a medical benefit like the one that we have it'll it'll cost you thousands of dollars a month and you're not paying a single dime for you and then if you if you get married or anything like that or you got kids you'll be paying a lot of money so don't take it as a pension just save money for that for your 401k you know, TSP. So, and you know, if you're going to make it a, re- a career, just, just take advantage of it.
0: Love that. Love that you kind of broke it down too. And it's not just the general military. It's treat it like a regular civilian job too.
1: It's just, yeah, that's, that's what beneficial. I tell them. It's, and, and also the education, you know, cause I, I'm going to college and I'm finishing on my bachelor's degree too. So it's like nice. education benefits, you know, for tuition assistance and all that. It's just, it's just, they, they got to look at the people now tend to look at the negatives Mm-hmm. A lot, mm-hmm. and maybe that's society or whatever they're they're growing. They didn't grow our way, pretty much. You know, I'm, I'm an '80s baby, so yeah, it's very different now than before. So it's like they look they look at the negative more than the positive, and it's very easy to complain.
0: Oh yeah, super easy, too easy. Yeah, that's amazing that you bring that to the table, especially as a supervisor. You're there to be that light for them, that guidance.
1: Yeah, the other services they don't know much about the Coast Guard.
0: Yeah, it's true. We're,
1: we're, we're very close, and but our rank, our rank and our rates, so or MOS, like they call it, on the other services, is very. It's, it's the same as the Navy, but okay. we have smaller rates, like amount-wise of rates. We it's it's less than the Navy because what takes three rates in the Navy to do, we combine into one. Wow. But like my rate is a bosun's mate but I'm also a quartermaster, but I'm also, you know, I also do law enforcement and I also, I'm also a navigator. I also drive boats. I also drive ships. Also, men in the Navy, they just do maintenance and painting and that's it. Okay. You know, from, from as far as I know, but you know, I'm putting, I tell my guys, it's like, whenever you get, you, you come into the Coast Guard, as an E4, you're going to be put into positions and, and leadership roles that an E6 in the Navy has. And it's just ne- the nature of the beast of, of how small we are.
0: Oh my gosh! It makes so much sense too. Yeah. You have to have many roles in order to get the job done.
1: Correct. Yeah, as an E four, when I, when I first joined, as an E four, I was put in as a section leader. I was I was in charge of E fives as wow. a section leader, and you know, and and when I make when I made, we call it coxswain is the basic coxswain is pretty much a boat oper, boat operator. I was in charge of a of a three and a half million dollar boat.
0: Yeah.
1: As an E four, so you know the it's a forty seven foot. More lifeboats—the ones that go in the waves and jump waves and stuff like that. Okay. Um, so um, those those are that it's the type of responsibility that I was in for. I was only in for two years. Oh
0: my goodness!
1: And so Northern Michigan.
0: Yeah. And,
1: <laughs> I'll never forget my first unit. <laughs>
0: northern Michigan.
1: I got sent from Puerto Rico to, straight to Michigan, straight <laughs> oh to nor- Northern goodness. Michigan, the Great Lakes. Yeah. I was like fifth. I was 15 miles from from Canada. <laughs> Cold. <laughs> oh yeah, it was a shock, and that was my first time seeing snow too. So, oh
0: my goodness! <laughs> and you said that you had to take care of family, and that's the reason why you joined. Tell me a little bit about that. What is your family? Well, like? I had,
1: so I had my 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 oldest. I was my I was nineteen, so I really needed money. I'll be lying if I said, oh, I did it because I wanted to be on the Coast Guard. No, I I did it because I needed money, and I was working back in the day in Birking. and three hundred dollars a week wasn't cutting it i had a house i still have the house Mm -hmm. um in the west coast of puerto rico and that drove me into it. i was a little scared because my my first language is spanish and i was i had a hard time talking english back in back then and you know i I have cousins that are uh, half american half puerto rican um so i kind of knew a little bit and and when i was going through school from elementary to middle school i went to a private catholic school so they teach they taught a little bit of english but then i graduated from public system and might as well just not you know english yeah it's a a requirement down there for our entire uh school from first to to 12th grade but the teachers most of the time you know for me for my experience they were teaching us in spanish so it's not like we were learning english
0: yeah um
1: so and that and that's what i joined uh that's why that's why i joined Oh, just, just take care of the family pretty much.
0: Yeah. Take care of your, your kiddo.
1: <laughs> yeah. Uh, now I got three kids. I got, he's a, he's a junior. He's starting junior in college next year. So.
0: Oh my gosh. Congrats.
1: And I just got a newly high schooler. My daughter pr- got promoted yesterday from middle school. And then I got my youngest that's uh, going to seventh grade next year. So, yeah.
0: Oh my goodness. Congratulations. Thank you. Oh, yeah. That must be such an honor to see that happening. And- it's busy. Yeah, I bet. <laughs> well, I'm Hispanic, too. My dad is half Puerto Rican and half Guatemalan, and then my mom was raised and born in uh, DR, Dominican Republic. Yeah. Yeah, so I know a little bit of Spanish. Well, I know Spanish, and then um, yeah. I don't speak it as well, but I understand 100% of it. It's just practice. I know, it is. I'm, a, I'm,
1: in- I'm half I'm half Italian, half Puerto Rican, so. Okay. Um, I knew Italian, but I haven't practiced it in like over 20 years. But I can understand it. Like it's it's kind of weird, like how our brains work. Sometimes it's like wow. you can't you can't like express yourself, but you understand everything. It's like that's, that's so weird.
0: Yeah, and then you stutter, right, when you're trying to say the word. It's like I know yeah. what I want to say, but I can't do it.
1: <laughs> my my language is all is all screwed up right now because I stutter <laughs> even when I try to speak Spanish. So. <laughs>
0: But you barely have an accent for English, so you did amazing.
1: Oh, thank you. You did a great yeah, job. Well, yeah. The guys that work for me, they know when I get pissed off, so my <laughs> accent comes out.
0: Yeah. I see that. It's always when you go back home, too, and it comes back. It's yeah. like, oh,
1: okay. Yeah, right. and then whenever they listen to me talking to my best friend on on, on the phone, they're like, man, you're talking too fast. I know Spanish, <laughs> but I don't know that kind of Spanish. It's like, it's Puerto Rican. Don't worry.
0: Right. Dialect is definitely different. It's, it's
1: very different. <laughs>
0: Awesome. Well, how does your family, um, how did they allocate to the military? Did you take them with you when you moved to Michigan?
1: So I went to Michigan by myself for the first, so I went to boot camp and then came back to Puerto Rico for like nine days leave and then went back up. My my wife was currently, she was studying uh, in a trade school for for um, banking, financing. Um, so she stayed in Puerto Rico with my oldest uh, for about four months, and then she came up to Michigan in August because I reported to my new unit in May of 05 and then she came up. And the moving hasn't been as tough; as it hasn't been bad because they were all they were young. Because I went from Michigan back to Puerto Rico, and then from Puerto Rico to California. Oh wow. Uh and then from California I went to Texas and Texas was the hardest move because they were already all older. Um that was in twenty eighteen. And so my youngest, you know, he was he he was in elementary, my daughter as well. And then my oldest, he was in middle school going into high school.
0: Oh yeah.
1: So when I got the ship in Charleston where I'm at right now in South Carolina, I told him it's like I promise you're gonna finish high school here. You know, I'll I'll bite the bullet and extend one year on the ship that i'm at because it's usually three-year bill but i i extend it for four years and he finished high school even though that i told him that so you're gonna finish in the same high school he didn't finish in the same high school because uh-huh. uh, we started in one high school and then we bought a house so we moved counties uh-huh. so he went to a different high school and then he, he applied for a program for dual enrollment for to take college courses and it's they only take like 25 percent of the applicants and he was he got picked up and he graduated from that Oh, wow. so he graduated high school technically a year earlier but he kept taking um college courses so right now he's technically going to junior but he's actually in his third year of college
0: yeah amazing
1: so but they they they've done good this this time because so I'm still in the same place because i was um so i made rank and then um i'm i i was able to stay here where I'm at right now because i there's a new ship that Coast Guard is building and I'm part of the new crew for that ship. So it went from one class of ship to the same class of ship that is getting built. So that's 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 one way that I stayed here. If not, I was just gonna geo bachelor and, and, and move because my wife has a good job here. My oldest was starting college and he's local. My youngest didn't want to move. He freaked out when I told him that we might be we might have to move and then my daughter, um, she said, I don't want to move anymore. <laughs> like, okay, well, I was just saying that she's, she, her her, and my wife are the ones that I'll always want to move. I didn't want to move anymore. I'm, I'm tired of moving. Yeah. Like my oldest has never been in the same school more than two years throughout my career. So. I mean,
0: it's rough, but look at his success. My gosh, he's already progressing so much.
1: Yeah. Looking forward <laughs> for retirement. Yeah.
0: What are your plans I say, after?
1: <laughs> I, I say that now, but I don't know. I, well, Right now, um I'm eligible for retirement in October of twenty twenty five, um to keep my E seven pension. But if the things align good, um I'll be I'll push it to another four year bill after twenty twenty five and it'll be a it'll be a land job. Um I'm I'm trying to land one one job here in Charleston where I'm at, uh so then I'll be that'll be my twilight tool. That'll be it. That that'll wow. definitely be it.
0: We'll speak that into existence for sure. Yeah, <laughs> amazing yeah awesome so what has um been a, a big struggle you know you mentioned the moving if there was anything that was a bigger struggle what would that have been in your career so far
1: the biggest struggle is so since i moved to different areas getting used to the area but the biggest thing professionally for me like when i move I have to pretty much start start from zero every time because the qualifications that I have they stop being qualified. So the certification because I'm qualified once I got once I gain a certification, um, I maintain my qualification. But I have to like they say a recertification every time I go to a new unit. So it's like starting from zero. It's like a nonstop nonstop studying. That's professionally wow. and gaining the trust of the of the officer in charge or the commanding officer. You know uh, to do pretty much my job. But the, that, that has been like the biggest struggle because it helps me keep up with the policies and the regulations. And it's just tiring Yeah, to have to study like the same thing, like every three, four years for my family. They, they, they adapt pretty quickly. They, they hardly feel the, feel the move. But right now the, the biggest struggle right now is so I was, I was, I was on a ship for four years that I was fully operational. And, you know, they, people tell me, oh, you're, you have been in Charleston. How, like, how have you, you know, I, I've heard things, good things about Charleston. I'm like, well, I haven't been able to enjoy it because, you know, COVID and then, and then I'm gone. I've been gone pretty much two years out of the four years here as wow. much. So my deployments are between two to three months and then we're in port for two to three months and then we get underway again. and so. That's how it's been and, and right now it's like I haven't been gone for the past year. No, since July, so but
0: Oh yeah.
1: It's just getting used to just now it's just getting used to being here. Now I'm used to being here and then here soon I have to go mm. to go get the new ship, so that's gonna be another struggle. It's just it's just the constant coming and going and I'm I'm a little bit harder to I, I take a little bit harder than my family, uh, when I when I deploy but just getting used to it.
0: Yeah. How so? Do you take it harder?
1: I kind of not don't like to leave them alone. Uh, I got like a little bit of separation anxiety. Yeah. Um. So that's the part that it's like it's a little bit hard. But once I get ready mentally, I'm I'm fine. It's just it gets a little bit hard. Yeah.
0: Do you talk with your other co um, coasties about that too, or that's something that you just keep to yourself? No, I
1: tell I tell them. The the worst part is it's getting ready, to yeah. The lead off, you know, you you know, it's the countdown. That's that's the part that just it just sucks. It's it's gotten a lot easier. Uh, the first deployment was hard. I did eight deployments on that that other ship.
0: Ooh.
1: Um, but the communication, uh, when you're out at sea, has gotten better, so it's not as hard for me. For my for my wife, it's hard because she's she's like, well, you're gone, but just be gone. <laughs> Stay gone, <laughs>
0: like don't micromanage, yeah. kind of thing.
1: <laughs> yeah, pretty much. I'm, I'm, I'm a bit. Uh, I have, I have issues. Uh, like I like to. If I'm not in control, I, I have issues letting it go.
0: Got it. <laughs> so that's, I think that's a
1: military thing in me. So yeah,
0: yeah. Not only struggle.
1: you. <laughs> yeah.
0: I know my husband too. I think it's hard yeah, for him as well to to kind of let go, and and he has that. It's really anxiety hard too.
1: Yeah. yeah no i I have anxiety and and I'm, I'm always on on the uh, you know leaving on the edge just because of things that has happened and at work and all that with my mission so it's like um yeah it's just it's just sometimes hard with that
0: wow well I thank you so much for expressing that here on the podcast because that really helps others to so really listen in and relate to that as and well so what has been something that has been enlightening for you in your career and for your family
1: well my my family has been pretty much part of of all the success and, you know, not so much success in my career. So just bringing them along, that's, that's been like pretty much the, the, the plus. So yeah, it's, it's just my wife understands the Coast Guard, like the back of her hand probably better than me. Um, she's, she's heavily, she's heavily engaged with, with the Coast Guard and and my ship and, and the other families and stuff like that. So, um, she's, she's the uh, unit ombudsman. Okay. Um, so she takes care of the family side. Uh, she's in direct contact with, with, uh, with a command that's, that makes it easier. So um, what does the
0: Coast Guard call it? The
1: ombudsman. So it's an ombudsman okay. program. It's so a they're... volunteer position, but they are, they are part of the command.
0: Yeah. So they
1: talked, they talk to the CO XL directly with any issues when we're deployed. Um, okay. they're very ad- big advocate on the community. They, you know, they do. F- they don't do fundraisers, but they do uh, different activities for the crew, um, you know, monthly activities uh, like we're, we're here in Charleston in a hurricane prone area. So now hurricane season is coming. So if they have to evacuate, they, they make sure that all the families are evacuating. They, they keep track of the families where they're at and because we have to go. Yeah. Um whenever we have the ship here, we have to go and we can't keep the ship here because because of the damage that could occur and if and in if, just in case that we need to respond somewhere else. Luckily the uh, twice she has to evacuate while we're here. I was already deployed and one of those was Dorian was Hurricane Dorian that hit oh. Bahamas. Oh yeah. And we sailed through we sailed through Dorian to get to Bahamas and we were the first US ship to be in in, in Bahamas. Uh, to help out over there, I I spent there for probably like a week and a half. So yeah, it's it's we're 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 not only for wars and re- really in the hierarchy, wars is like kind of like the last thing that that we do. But we're more on the search and rescue, h- humanitarian efforts, and all that. So and of course the uh, migrants and and drugs.
0: That is so enlightening, even for me to understand what the Coast Guard does too, and to have that beautiful support from your spouse. With your your crew,
1: yeah, and that's that's a very minimal thing that I'm telling you about our missions. Right. So it's it's very we do a lot of things. People people don't know it because we're so small. We're we're smaller than the New York City Police Department. Wow. So we're we're on every coast here. We're in Guam. We're in Puerto Rico. We're in Alaska. We got we got representative very much all over uh, all over the world. You know, in Europe, Costa Rica, and Panama. Yeah, we we got liaisons everywhere.
0: Look at that. This is so cool. Thank you so much for explaining all that. And then as for your career, you're doing so much. You're you're E7, you're helping out your crew, and you are also going to school, you said? Yeah. Yeah. So, And then you had a podcast before, and now you have a new podcast.
1: Correct.
0: I love how it segues because of what your podcast is all about. So if you could explain a little bit about that.
1: So my previous podcast, pretty much, um, I, I can talk about a little bit. It was called the nugget. Um, it was, it was mainly sharing information. It was more interview, uh, interview based. And it was just sharing information with any listeners. I wanted to learn something new. Like, you know, I had like a, I had a rescue swimmer there from the Coast Guard, I had a um, human geographer, I had, you know, people that got into sports, uh, I had somebody that was entrepreneur that opened up his own business, you know, kind of like how how to start off that. Um, I have somebody that did acting plays like, like Hamilton kind of thing. Oh, yeah. So it was only 10 episodes and, you know, I kind of like, I, I kind of like lost steam uh, about it. So I kind of stopped doing it. I'm, I'm planning on probably bringing it back. I just got to structure it a little bit better just because I liked the interview part. And, you know, just, just getting better on in the interviews. I was terrible, but, you know, it's just we don't do this for the money at least i don't Man. do it for the money i just do it just to share so but you. now this new podcast it's called davy jones world so davy jones it's very much a mythological figure within the sailors and maritime industry you know that they, they they like to to put names at, at things so davy jones is it's it's a saying of oh you know the the ships that sink and the sailors that die you know they go lay rest with davy jones locker. so davy jones locker is pretty much the bottom of the sea
0: okay
1: um and that's why i call davy jones world because davy jones world is pretty much the ocean the sea Mm -hmm. a myth it's a mythological whatever people want to want to call it really but it's about it's i'm going to be talking about i'm on i'm on episode two that was released last friday that was kind of like the true first episode. Um, I was talking about the issues with the uh, oceans and, you know, I, I dove into sea which is a documentary on Netflix. Mm-hmm. Um, and kind of explain what they talk about and, 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 you know, how opening is the damage that we're doing to the ocean. Um, but it's not only about that. It's not something that I'm trying to like get uh, in people's mind of like, you got to save the oceans and all that. No, it's not about that. It's uh, it's about creating some sort of, Awareness. just open the eyes of just yeah just open the eyes and and ears of, of people of, of what the real problem is but not only that that's not that's not the main thing of the podcast the main thing of the podcast is going to be like i'm going to be talking about shipwrecks uh, i'm going to be talking about uh maritime history uh some knowledge uh seagoing traditions uh, that people might not might not be aware like the next the next episode that's coming out uh next friday you know, I'm gonna be talking about the RMS Titanics and the creation of the International Ice Patrol. Those are it's a, it's a Coast Guard driven program, the International Ice Patrol, but there's other nations involved and it happened right after the Titanic sunk. Also, I'm gonna be talking about different notorious pirates talking their history. You know, it's like not every pirate was digging their their prices. That's that that was from one pirate that was that's no, called no, Wilmington Kidd. He's the one that's otherwise wise known by white pirates like Dig their their treasures. Wow. Uh, not every pirate. So yeah, things like that that people might not know. Um, yeah, like the Jolly Roger, and it's not it's not the little ship that they have on 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 Disney. <laughs> uh, it's not the Jolly Roger. That's actually the flag that's called a Jolly Roger. I'm going to be about the history of that. I'm actually going to be going to the Outer Banks here in the next couple of weeks.
0: That's our family um, vacation this, this, spot.
1: <laughs> yeah, well, yeah, that's where we're yeah. going. We're going for and a bit, I, family vacation, but I'm also I have an ep- I'm going to have an episode about the Outer Banks shipwrecks. Ah, yes. So cuz so that's kind of like that's kind of like there's over 2000 shipwrecks <laughs> over there and uh and I'm going to be talking about that on one of the episodes and but I'm going to actually record it up there. Oh, so cool. it's probably going to be like yeah, I'm probably going to do it like like sitting down at the at the pool, you know, just you know, just hearing the background noise of the water and stuff like that because you know, but yeah, we're going up there for during uh, Father's Day weekend, so Nice. I, I created that podcast just because, you know, there's, there's no other podcast named after Davy Jones. There's episodes about it, but there's not an actual podcast about Davy Jones, like Davy Jones. That's called Davy Jones World. I call it Davy Jones. I didn't call it Davy Jones Podcast because it's kind of like, I don't know. I don't want to call it that. that. Uh, so I, that's why it says, I call it Davy Jones World because technically the ocean and the sea is, Davey, is by the mariners and the sea going the and the sea going and the and the sailors, that's you know, it's a well-known name right? and all about everything that I'm going to be talking about is about the oceans and the sea going. So that's why, that's why I call it that way. That is so cool. And what got you into podcasting? I was bored. It was, it was COVID. Yeah. I "I, kind of want to do something. It's like, I didn't want to make, make money, but you know, it's, it's not about making money. So.
0: That is so cool. And bringing all of that awareness and all those um, debunking of different traditions and all of that. And that's really cool. And it's very calming listening to your podcast too. Yeah. Oh, thank you. Yeah.
1: (laughs) (laughs) Some people say you sound so robotic. I'm like, I'm just, I'm working on it. I'm working on it.
0: (laughs) It It's always a work in progress. I hear, you know, uh, experienced or seasoned podcasters who sound so relaxed on their podcast, but then you go to their first one and you hear, it and it's like, oh, that's completely different.
1: <laughs> yeah, it's, it's it's a learning curve. It's uh, mm-hmm. it's got its its eggs and pains, but you know, I do it because it's a it's a passion that I have, and you know, whoever wants to listen, listen. Whoever doesn't, you know, I don't. I'm not gonna judge you. It's just I do mm-hmm. it because I because I like doing it. It's something that I want to do, and you know what I. I purchase the stuff and I purchase the equipment and first question that I was asked, how much money do you make? I'm like, I don't do it for the <laughs> money, man. Like I think 2% of the podcast actually podcasters actually make a lot of money.
0: Yeah. <laughs> oh, that's awesome. So if there was something empowering or supportive, something like a statement or a quote that you would give other um coast guard families and service members what would that be
1: i got a couple things that i tell my guys and one of them and it's something that i use on the nugget it's like keep on kipping it's like don't and and it goes and it it goes hand to hand it's like you have to keep going no matter what um the other thing that i that i tell the guys and and it's a it's actually the the ship's model that we have now it's like don't never give up if you're thinking about giving up you know it's, you got to find that spark again. And, 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 I'm, and I'm guilty of it. You know, I, I tend to give up really easy and, and I, and I just, I go back to, I keep on keeping it. It's like, people don't understand what that means. It's like, you're using the same word twice as I know. Well, you got to keep going and keeping going. It's like, you have to keep going.
0: Yeah. So
1: that's, that's, those are some of the things that I, that I tell, tell people.
0: That's beautiful. Well, thank you so much. I know that's going to hit some hearts. For sure, and I appreciate your time today, Alessandro. And uh, oh, thank I have, you. I have fun. I'm good. I'm so happy. <laughs> <laughs> and thank you for your service, and thank you for your family service as well.
1: No problem. Yeah, we we do it. We do it. Uh, we're happy to happy to do it, and we we don't do it for for the fame. We do it because we we like doing it. So
0: yeah, absolutely. It's definitely a way of life,
1: right? <laughs> it's it's a way of life, yeah. It's, it's a it's a life that's not for everybody, but but whoever's in it, it's the family within the family that you make. So
0: yes,
1: that's what makes it easier.
0: I agree. What an amazing conversation that was! Thank you so much for sharing your expertise, your knowledge, and your skills. With the Coaching the Brave community, we appreciate you so much. And for you listeners out there, if you enjoyed it and it really touched your heart and you thought of someone that it could benefit, share it with them. Thank you again for listening. I encourage you to review. Check out my website as well, yovannachase.com. And find me on Instagram and Facebook at Coaches. And I am here because I want to help you succeed. I want to help you be a more positive you. And right now I'm doing a promotion where you will get a one-on-one holistic fat loss program. Um, You can get a free 15 minute call with me. So if you head on over to my IG, under my bio, you can find that Calendly uh, link where you can go ahead and sign up for that. I'm excited to speak with you in person, oh my gosh, through this Zoom virtual life here. So if you are interested or know someone who might be interested in losing 20 pounds in 90 days holistically, please share, sign up. And again, I cannot wait to talk with you next week. Have a wonderful week.